So we are continuing in our book study of Ephesians. Last week, Pastor Rex talked about the beginning of chapter 4. He talked about kind of the gifts that Christ gave uh, the church, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And he kind of gave us some warnings on what to look out for and some things that we um, should do, right? And so today, we're going to move on to the later part of chapter 4, where it's kind of a really, really practical teaching. It kind of preaches itself. So if it seems like I'm following exactly what Paul wrote, it's because I am. And so just so you know. But before we get started, I have a few images that I want you to look at, all right? So here's the first one. Now, some of you might be able to see this. If you're colorblind and can't see green, you may not be able to. But there's a green line on the left side of the screen and a green line kind of on the right side of the screen. Which one do you think is bigger? If you think it's the left side, raise your hand. If you think it's the right side, raise your hand. All right, cool. Let's move on to the next photo. Now we've got two circles, two orange circles. And how many of you think the circle on the left side of the screen is bigger? How about the right side of the screen? Raise your hand. Okay. All right. Go to the next one. We've got three firemen. Now, this one's a little different. We have three different ones, but we're going to do left and right again. How many of you think the left side is bigger? How about the right side? All right. One last picture, I think. Did I not put the arrows up there? Oh, I did. Now you got a top arrow and a bottom arrow. How many think the top arrow is bigger? How many think the bottom arrow is bigger? All right. Here's the cool thing. In every one of those photos, everything was the same. Go back to that first photo, the one with the blocks. I promise you that those two green lines are the same height. And I know that because my daughters and I took a ruler and measured them on my computer to double check because I didn't want to tell a lie, right? Go to the fireman one if you would. I promise you that the, the fireman on the left is the same height as the fireman on the right and the one in the middle. They're all the same. It's an optical illusion. With the way that the lines are drawn in the screen and the way your brain interprets it, it applies distance to those images. And so a 2D image, a 3D image, like go back to the fireman, because it looks like the one in the back is farther away, we perceive him as bigger. But the point I want to make is that in all of these photos, they look different, but they're the same. And a lot of times as Christians, there's a lot of Christians in our world that look different than the world, but they're the same. They might have different dress. They may have different friends. They may have slightly different things that they do, but there's nothing really different inside than what the world has. And today in the passage that we're reading, Paul's talking to the church of Ephesians, talking to the church of Ephesus, and saying, you have to be different than the world. Not only do you have to be different than the world, but you have to be different than your old self. We can't be the same. We can't just slightly look apart from them and hope that we're different. We have to be different. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to jump to Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 17 to 32. And it says this, with the Lord's authority, I say, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they're hopelessly confused. I'm going to read from the screen because I put a different translation up there. It says, their minds are in darkness. They are strangers to the life of God. This is because they've closed their minds to him and have turned their hearts away from him. 
They do not care anymore about what is right or wrong. They have turned themselves over to the sinful ways of the world and are always waiting to do every kind of sinful act that they can't think of. But I tell you, but you did not learn anything like this from Christ. If you have heard of him and have learned from him, put away the old person who used to be. Have nothing to do with your old sinful life. It was sinful because of being fooled into following bad desires. Let your minds and hearts be made new. You must become a new person and be godlike. Then you will be made right with God and have a true holy life. So stop lying to each other. Tell the truth to your neighbor. We all belong to the same body. If you are angry, do not let it become sin. Get over your anger before the day is finished. Do not let the devil start working in your life. Anyone who steals must stop it. He must work with his hands so that he'll have what he needs and he can give to those who need help. Watch your talk. No bad words should be coming from your mouth. Say what is good. Your word should help others grow as Christians. Do not make God's Holy Spirit have sorrow for the way you live. Now, if that isn't like a thing for us to be different, don't let God's Holy Spirit have sorrow for the way that you live. So many times I believe God's up there face palming at our actions. Have you ever thought about that? You do something dumb and I just imagine God up there like, really? Seriously? You did that. I've told you four times already not to do that, right? The Holy Spirit has put a mark on you for the day you will be set free. Put it out of your life. Put out of your life all these things, bad feelings about other people, anger, temper, loud talk, bad talk which hurts other people, and bad feelings which hurts other people. You must be kind to each other. Think of the other person. Forgive other people just as God forgave you because Christ's death on the cross. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you for your word. And God, as Paul was talking to the church of Ephesus, let it become a talk for us too. God, like your word is speaking to our hearts. And God, let us just take that word and do something with it. Not to let it just be more mere words on a page, but something that we can do something with. And just speak to us, God, in your name. Amen. So Paul here is talking to the church of Ephesians. He's calling on them and us to be different. Like those lines, we're not supposed to look different and be the same. We're supposed to look different and be different, right? And there's two distinct ways that we're supposed to be different. And the first one is we're supposed to be different from the world in all its messed up ways. All right. I've been given the wave down, slow down sign from Pastor Maria. Just be glad you're not in youth group because I'm not so sure I even stop to take a breath sometimes. So um, we're supposed to be different from the world in all its messed up ways. And we're supposed to be different from our old self and our old desires. He's highlighting that the fact that Christians should be different in the way they talk, in the way they walk, in the way they interact with others. I always talk to my students and I say, if I followed you throughout the day and you didn't know I was there, could I tell you were a Christian by the way that you interact with people, by the way that you talk? Think about that. Every day as you walk and you talk to other people, would someone just watching your life be able to tell that you're a Christian? Tell that you believe in Jesus. Because if they can't, are we really serving God? Are we really living like Paul is calling us to do, which is to be different, right? And so we're going to talk about those two differences, right? And the first one is we're supposed to walk differently than the world. This one seems pretty obvious, but yet it's kind of not. So many people say we're Christians and they're not, right? 
We're supposed to walk different in the world because the world is confused. In the New Living Translation, it says the world is confused. And it, it goes on to talk about how the people, if you read the commentaries, the people of that time really went after the latest and greatest knowledge. Whatever people said was the best talk. You know, you need to believe in this. You need to believe in Scientology. You need to believe that there is no God. You need to believe and fill in the blank. And that's kind of the way the world is today, is people don't care about God. They're confused. They seek after the best intellectual idea that's out there, right? They've given up for the truth, for the truth that they decide is right. They've given up the truth of God for the truth that they decide is right. That's what our world is doing, right? They serve whatever their hearts long for, money, fame, relationships, family, sports. They're confused. They don't serve the one true God, right? And the world is hard in their hearts. You look at the world, you can almost tell that they no longer care about what God wants. They've hardened their hearts to what God is trying to say so much that they're trying to take it out of everything that they can. Take it out of schools, take it out of government, take it out of everywhere. There's people out there that literally their life goal is to find everywhere that God is mentioned and remove it if they can. That's their, that's their life goal. They've hardened their hearts to what God has to say. They've closed their minds to God. They don't want to hear anything about it. And if you say something about it, they get offended, right? That's the world we live in. The world has hardened its heart towards God. And then the world lives for its own pleasures. This one's pretty self-explanatory, right? The world has no shame. They don't care what they do. They just do it. If it makes them feel good, they're going to do it, right? And what's right for them may not be right for someone else. But as long as you don't bother the other person, who cares? That's what the world says. But Paul is calling us to be different than that. And if you look at that, it says, to we're to walk differently than our old self. We are to be different because we've learned about Christ. Because we have Christ in our lives, we're to be different. We're to know that we know the truth about Christ, and we're supposed to walk differently than we did before. This is a parallel. This whole passage is a parallel to Colossians 3. If you read Romans, you read Colossians, you read Ephesians, there's chapters like this in all three of them. They all speak to the same thing. So if those three churches needed this, I think we need this too, that we're supposed to be different than our old self. And so we're supposed to throw off the old self is what it says in here. And if to kind of illustrate this, I was a rental mechanic, a rental store. I worked at the rental store, and I was a small engine mechanic for a long time. I worked on lawnmowers, chainsaws, you name it. As long as it wasn't bigger than a car, I was probably okay. I, for some reason, cars freak me out. I don't know why, but I just don't work on them. It's like I know it has spark plugs. I know it exhausts, and I know it has gas. It's pretty much the same thing but it's just bigger and worth more, right? And it's just like, meh, I'll take it to a mechanic. Take it to Vince. Vince will be able to take it apart. <laughs> He's like, no, no. But I would work on things, and one of the worst things that I ever had to work on, I didn't mind being greasy. I didn't mind smelling like gas. 
those things were okay because I just enjoy. For some reason, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being greasy and smelling like gas. It was just good hard work. But there's some pig farms around here that would bring their pressure washers in for me to work on. Now, I don't know if you've ever been around a pig farm, but they're nasty. There's cow stink. Cow stink, right? But then there's pig stink. And it's its own separate category that absolutely reeks, right? And so they would bring their pressure washers in for us to work on, and it was fine. I worked on them. But before I would ever touch this machine, I'd have it sitting out on a little pad, and I'd bring out my pressure washer, and I'd pressure wash the pressure washer to try to get some of that smell off because it was so bad, right? And I never succeeded. It, it never worked, but I did it anyways. When I went to work on them, that smell inevitably got on me, right? And it's horrendous. And even though I finished the machine, it could be in the morning and I finished that machine throughout the rest of the day. I'm smelling that smell. It's all over my hands. It's on my pants. It's, it's, you ever get a smell stuck in your nostrils? That's what it was like. And I'm like, dude, this is bad. So the first thing I do when I get home was just rip off all those clothes, right? And sometimes I felt like they weren't even worth being saved. We might as well just start a fire and chuck them in because that's the best place for them. But that's what Paul is talking about here. We're supposed to throw off that old junk, that stuff that reeks, right? If you read the parallel in Colossians, it talks about getting rid of the, like the old clothes. You're supposed to take those things off. Get rid of the bad things in your life, right? Throw off the old stuff. Take off that old nasty stuff that we used to do and get rid of it. That's what Paul is calling us to do. That means old sins. There's things that we struggled with for a long time. And sometimes I feel like, you know, this is my poo and I'm going to sit in it and it smells nice, right? That's what I feel like we do with our old sins is we're just holding on to them because we're comfortable with them. We don't want to go through the pain of change. Our old habits are the same way. Things that maybe aren't necessarily bad, but we do them anyways because it's what we're used to. There's a lot of things that we do that maybe aren't necessarily bad, but they hinder our relationship with God. They're not necessarily sinful, but they keep us away from God. I'm an avid Husker fan. I love the Huskers to death. They are my team, even though they're absolutely terrible, right? But there's some of us that the Huskers hinder our relationship with God. We all have habits like that, where we hold on to them such a way that they just keep us from being what God wants us to be. Sometimes when the Huskers lose on Saturday, you come to church on Sunday and you're just like, He couldn't have thrown the ball straight this time, right? They couldn't have ran that play that I wanted them to run. What is hindering us? Because that's what we're supposed to throw off. Throw off the things that hinder us. And then we're supposed to be renewed in our attitude and mind. Back to my pig clothing pressure washer story here. As soon as I got those clothes off, threw them in the washer and started the washer if I didn't just throw them in a bag and destroy them, right? First thing I'd want to do is go and take a shower. Just totally clean everything. Make sure that everything was clean because I didn't want that smell. And sometimes it took two or three showers 
Because that's how bad it was, right? Pig stuff, sorry, it's just nasty. That's the same with us. We're supposed to allow the Holy Spirit to kind of give us that spiritual shower and to, to transform us from the inside out, to wash away everything that we're holding on to. We're throwing off the stuff that we can, but there's a time where God has to work in our lives, and he's the one who has to renew us and to make us new, right? Romans 12, 2, we all probably know it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's what we're supposed to do, is we're supposed to allow God to renew us from the inside out through the work of his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works in our lives, pointing out things that we can do better. I can't tell you how many times I've been going through God's word, reading a passage I probably read a hundred times, and then all of a sudden I feel like the Holy Spirit's like, did you finally get it? Have you read that enough that you're finally understanding that you need to change? This passage is for you, right? Or I'm doing something that I've done a thousand times, talking, and the Holy Spirit's like, hey, that attitude that you have right now, you need to change that. That's not an attitude from me. That's not a great attitude. So that's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives is he works in us and helps us to become new. He's the one who does the work inside of us. And let me tell you this. It seems like it's never done. How many of you guys have ever remodeled a building or redone something? Anybody? At the camp, yeah, we've got the RVers in here. At the camp, we've remodeled so much. And it seems like every time you take something apart, it's more expensive than it ever should have been because you're like, oh, i got to fix that and that and that and that. We, we redid the pool this winter and uh, found out that there's grates in the bottom. And these grates in the bottom that are over the suctions have to be replaced every so often. And apparently they hadn't been replaced like they should have. So we replaced them. So we're just thinking of painting the pool. And it turned out we spent $2,000 on two grates. And so we ended up painting it too. But that's the way the Holy Spirit works is sometimes we feel like we're getting there. And then he brings something else up. And he's like, hey, you need to do that. It's called progressive sanctification. We're slowly moving closer to God, right? And the cool thing is, is he also points out the things that we do well in. You know, he's not some God up there that's just rubbing us out, trying to point out all the bad things. He's like, also points out the good things in our lives, saying, hey, you're doing really well in that. And he encourages us to do better, right? And then the last thing is to put on a new self. Back to the illustration gotten rid of the nasty pig clothes, taken five to ten showers, right? Finally put on that nice, clean set of clothes. There's nothing like being dirty and nasty, showering, and then putting on a new set of clothes that make you feel better, to make you feel refreshed. And then you go sit in the chair or sit wherever and just kind of relax and just be like, I don't smell it anymore. Yes. When we allow God to change us from the inside out, and we throw off the things that hinder us, we can put on the new stuff and become what Christ has made us to be. And the cool thing is, is that it's him working in our lives too. And here's the the thing. If we don't replace the old habits, we don't replace the things that we used to do bad with good habits and good things, 
the old ones are going to come back, right? You don't go and get rid of the clothes, take a shower, and then go put on the nasty clothes again because that's just dumb. You're going to smell the same stink you've always smelled. What we need to do is we need to get rid of the old sinful habits, the old habits that are hindering our relationship, and put on new ones that guide us towards what God has for us, guide us towards the things that God is doing in our lives, right? I'm going to jump down to that last slide, Scott. So the question is, is are you different? We looked at those. Pop that square picture back up if you could. The two lines with the squares. One of the first optical illusions. We looked at these. Look at your life. Do you just look different? Or are you different? And that's what I want you to ask yourself this morning. As we, the worship team would like to come up, please. And as we sing this last song, I want you to ask yourself, am I different? in such a way that when people look at me, I'm not just perceived to be different, but I actually am different on the inside. So I'm going to say a prayer, and, and, and I just invite you. You don't have to come up to the front, but if you want to come up and receive prayer, I invite you to. But wherever you're at, ask yourself that question, am I different than the world? Am I even different than my old self? And if you can't honestly say you are, the cool thing is God's there to help you. And all you have to do is go to him. All you have to do is say, God, I need to be different. I need to change the way that I am. Maybe there's some things in your life that you've been holding on to that aren't necessarily sinful, but they're hindering your relationship with God. They're keeping you back from that full potential of what God has for you. And you're saying, you know what? I need to lay this down. It's not wrong, God. I know it's not a sin, but it's keeping me from you. Or maybe you're just saying, God, I need to put on the new self. I'm doing good about getting rid of the bad habits. I'm doing good about you renewing my mind and my spirit. But God, I need you to help me start getting some new habits, some new things, so that I can do the best that I can for you. Or maybe there's something that God is speaking to your heart that I haven't even said, and you need God to work in your life. I just encourage you to find time this morning for him to speak to you. And there's no magical prayers. It's just your heart and God. You talking to him and spending time with him. So I'm going to say a prayer. And then if you want to come up to the front and stand here, there will be people that will pray for you. And if you want to just talk with God right where you're sitting, do that too. But otherwise, we're going to worship in the last song. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your word in Ephesians. God, I thank you that you have made us new. God, that through the power of your son, we can be different. God, we don't have to live confused like the world does. We don't have to live for our own pleasures but God, we can live for you. And God, I just ask that those in this room that are struggling, there's things that's hindering them from their relationship with you, God, that they would be able to lay those things down and say, God, I just give this to you. God, we want everything that you have for our lives. God, help us to be different, not just look different, but to be different. 
Because God, ultimately, we're your example to the world on who Christians are supposed to be. So God, I just ask that you would just help us to be different. So if you want to come up to the front and pray, you can. If you want to pray where you're at, you can. But otherwise, let's just worship God in this last song.